Hello and welcome to another episode of Off The Track. I'm your host, Ben Galvin, the graphics designer for Team Ascension, who recently placed fifth at the World Finals and got the best engineer car in the world. Woo! I'm joined by people who didn't win best engineer car in the world. Um, oh, oh, where's your podium placing? Oh! <laughs> where's your world record? You can oh. sit down very quickly. Yeah, where's your, uh, where's your simultaneously fastest and slowest time at the world finals <laughs> yeah i didn't think so did i jesse who are you i am jesse stevens i was the design engineer for team infinitude 2016 um we came second overall had the world's fastest car still the record holds today um Is it also slowest? slowest and it's not the world's <laughs> slowest car Really? That's that. Because I've heard, I've heard rumors of about five or six second cars from okay. the German finals, but they were like 200 grams. They do own the world's slowest car, though, if you do remember their, uh, their little April Fools. Yeah, we'll put that in the uh, links. The world finals, at the world finals, I think our cars are on the slowest time ever to run. So, and that's including the reaction times of uh, one Andrew Denford when he's trying to impress the guests <laughs> that come along with the five lights. Okay, and also on the podcast today, we have me. Um, I'm Michael Walker. I'm the graphics advisor for Infinitude. Uh, who else do we have? Peter? Wait, you're not going to um, speak about your association with Precision Racing? What? What's that? Precision Racing, you know, wasn't your photo used as one of the top 10 worst uniforms in the world? <laughs> that was the school. <laughs> no, okay. no, no, it was just you. No, it's just you. <laughs> I'm not seeing this. Really? I'm just seeing you in the photo, Michael. Yeah, like it was a photo of Precision Racing team members, but... Whenever I see your car, I think of Salmon. Hang on, sorry, Jesse, Salmon? Why does it remind you of Salmon? Because oh God, the paint no. scheme is so amazing. The paint scheme was fine in cinema, all right? And then it went on the water slide decals and it did not turn out as expected. Somehow it's my fault. Okay, so we've really double duped you here. This is the cold entrance for off the topic. Oh, hang on, I haven't even introduced <laughs> myself yet. Exactly, Peter. Yeah, I'm Peter Russell, and I was the... What, what is my title? I don't even know what it is, because I keep changing it. Digital Brand Management. It's Digital long Brands. Did, I need to look at our website. Digital Wait, Brand Communication. Coordinator? Weren't oh. you just graphics designer, I thought? Yeah, but that, it doesn't sound good No, enough. he's the uh, digital communications Thank you very much. Manager. Digital communications and brand Can manager. I just call myself graphics designer? If no, you can't. Michael, you're not taking the credit. I'm sorry. Um, so, uh, Michael can have the credit of graphics advisor. Yeah. That was That's... and always will be my title. No, he was. He was graphics advisor. But he was wanting graphics designer. Was he? Yeah. Was I he? think Luke, Luke's now going to... Luke now has credit for design engineer. Wait, didn't you design the car? Didn't he do the LERS? Are you chief design engineer then? No, we're both just design engineer. Oh. Me and Luke put equal into the car and the LERS. So do you want me to change it on the website? I can yes, do please. That. Okay, I'll do that right now. Because Luke deserves a bit more recognition than he got. Sure. I mean, there's nothing wrong with innovations engineer. Yeah, but it doesn't... Oh, the website's slightly updated. Oh, no, never mind. It, it no, just didn't not. load in properly. Well, at least yours is still online. It's going to be online forever. Anyway... <laughs> so, do, do we want to go through the topics on the uh, on the previous World Finals that just occurred? Yeah, a month ago. A month ago. Yeah. And sorry, this episode is so late. We did have plans, but they never People happened. People just didn't show up for recording. 
Effect- yeah. Effectively, I had uni exams. Other people had work. Other people, like, I think there was one night Michael just went completely AWOL. What do you mean AWOL? <laughs> well, I feel like, Michael, you, like, go offline for, like, weeks on end and you <laughs> pop up all of a sudden. Like, <laughs> hey, let's be cool tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's accurate because I, I I was away slash working for like the past two weeks. So, yeah. And you were in and, then, and then and then Michael gets annoyed at us for not recording on the one hour that he's free. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like uh, it's good that we got the whole gang here except like three people. So that's fine. <laughs> we'll have a... Minor acceptances. Um, we're not we're not we're missing Ethan. We're kind of missing James. He's just playing GTA Five. Yeah, I mean, oh, I'm not anymore. missing no, James not anymore. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's gonna be fun. Um, okay. This, anyway. do, can we just start again? Like, I think that would genuinely. No, no we we're not starting again. Going. This I is can, the third time. No, it's not. This recording. is the first time we're a professional podcast. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> anyway, plagiarism. Plagiarism. Yeah. What um, happened with plagiarism oh, this year? Ethan's disappeared. He's the one. So the uh, plagiarism rule did come into account. What happened was if you got a certain percentage, uh, the judges would have a very mean talking to you. Um, did you lose points? Yeah, I dare say there would be a point loss. Um, so you didn't get a mean talk from the judges? I didn't get a mean talk from the judges, no. Um, I wouldn't know the process uh, if we were too busy trying to uh, go through other processes. So I'm I'm curious to see if you got to see your plagiarism results back or mm. did only... We haven't got our marking yet. Okay, that's quite interesting. I don't know how long it took for us to get our marks. No, it took us a while, like a month or so. I know how annoying the, I know how annoying the uh, marking schemes are for, for competitions because, oh, well, the plagiarism stuff you'll get back, I, I would assume you'd get back because... If you don't get any feedback, there's no help at all. I'm curious, just it. Well, but you kind of know if you've plagiarized. No, but like, there's only so many times that you can get a force is equal to mass times acceleration, like mm, explanation. Yeah, I, I've got a feeling they'd not count that though. Like, there'd be common sentences that they'd just be like, "Yeah, no, she's right." I don't think those are the exact words they use, but... (laughs) Common sense at an F1 in schools world final is not uh, necessarily a good thing. Oh, sorry, has not been a consistent thing. Like, finding out that Arleurs was dangerous, then let's put it back on the car and race another race and then work out the problem. And then decide, actually, Arleurs isn't safe. Yeah, there was an interesting uh, issue this year with a certain element of the car, the rear wing, which... um... (laughs) That that was quite the uh, hot topic for this year's World Finals, and a couple of memes were called, um, and they actually redefined on what the wing was, and meant, and it was incredibly interesting, to say the least. So what did they do? How did they redefine it? Um, so you could have used central supports if you had a certain amount of space between the central support and the um, leading and trailing edge of the wing. So hang on, they redefined the wing in the middle of the competition? Well, I think they took what some teams had tried basing their arguments off and made their own definition based upon what the regulations said. Because the regulations themselves 
were a little vague, but like I, I think most teams got the idea of what they wanted to do considering there was a bloody picture in the regulations. I think a lot of teams just didn't design their wings well. That's I think that's the main takeaway. I was really surprised by the the standard or the the sheer lack of um innovation. The, in, not the, innovation even, the lack of the lack of like checking and thinking that went into a lot of finals cars. Oh yeah. Um I was really surprised by, especially a lot of the teams that you don't expect to be so down the pecking order. Like there was some UK teams, some Irish teams that were just like they would they were not they were not even reading the regulations properly. And I think uh, we we broke a rule intentionally, but that was with the exact knowledge and the risks benefited up, not just out of sheer neg- negligence to a rule. Yeah, well, then the performance regulations they took into account in knockouts as well, which I think was decided at the competition uh, based upon the rear wing because that was a performance-based regulation. So that was quite interesting going through knockouts and because we seeded 16th, I think, or 18th initially, and we got put up to 6th because all these people were knocked down because of performance-based regulations. So I don't understand why did they let teams race that were going to be disqualified anyway. Excellent question. <laughs> I think what well, I think the <laughs> that's you know, wait, wait, were they disqualified from the competition like altogether or just no, no no sorry sorry I mean from knockouts. So what happened was um, if you broke a performance based regulation on your car. <laughs> Instead of being completely wiped from knockouts, what happened was you just got seated lower, and right. um, from there you wouldn't be able to make it past round one of knockouts, but you could still race in knockouts. So even wait, wait, wait. so if you got seated lower, yep, you even if you were faster, you couldn't get out of knockouts. You you wouldn't go through your next round, no. Why not? Because it's a performance based regulation. I I don't know. It, so so you were ineligible. You were ineligible to go through the competition. Yep. In knockout racing only. Okay. Uh, for the rest of the competition, it was fine. Um, I think they didn't factor in the cars that had performance-based regulations when uh, coming up with the actual like certain awards, of course. But yeah, there were a lot of interesting things that were caused around this new definition of the regulations. Well, to be honest, I I am very surprised that so many people lost a lot of points because I was very un, unsure about the the benefit of the doubt. So a lot of teams had genuine valid cases for their cars and what they would have been doing. And I would have... The regulations were pretty clear on um what would happen in certain scenarios. Oh, I was about to say, I'm actually quite surprised on how lenient they were with the benefit of the doubt. Um, I, I mean, it's good that they actually gave teams a chance to speak their cases, but did we we um, almost had to put in a grievance? Did we? Yeah. What for? For our lures. Oh right, yeah. Because, yeah, no. I mean, yeah, I won't. I won't continue banging on about myself. Mm. Let's go We've on. Been going on about that for like what, the past three years now. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, it's okay to be salty about something. Was the good was the sportsmanship rule applied either? Probably not. I'm guessing. Um, I honestly wouldn't know. Um, I, I I don't believe that 
anyone was penalized for any sponsor uh, sportsmanship based regulation but i i'd be interesting to hear from a team-by-team basis what a useless correspondent you've been <laughs> look i was someone will be up for a performance review soon i'm sorry okay i was quite focused on you know the world finals yeah that's what they all say i'm sorry we were quite focused on the world finals and still had time to go to a steakhouse and have the best night of our lives oh yeah i went to chili's that was pretty good Welcome to Chili's. I I did that exact thing on my Snapchat story. It was pretty good. Did you? I did. Do I have you? Wait. I don't think none of you guys know my Snapchat. Nice. Nice? Did you just say nice? nice? Yeah. Surely I have you. No? No. I, I don't have you. What? How uh, is that nice? I'll, I'll just whack in. off. Now we're truly off the top. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> ben Galvin won. <laughs> Benjamin Galvin. No, it's even worse. Ben Galvin 213 Nova or something. Nova GD? Surely. No, check off the kids. Shut up. Look, I'm... You're going to have to censor that now. (laughs) Okay, guys, add me on Snapchat. Uh, (laughs) Belt with a Z at the end. Uh, Where were we? (laughs) Right. um, Should we go on... What's in there? Scrutineering. Oh, right. Wait, no, we just did scrutineering, didn't we? No, we didn't. No, no we didn't. We didn't, we didn't do a scrutineering award. No, scrutineering awards yeah. is a separate topic. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Well, teams got zero points for scrutineering. They did. It was that yeah, bad. So, because of some of the regulations that people had broken, I, I heard the most points I heard was a negative 200. Um, I'm sorry. Purely from scrutineering. Negative 200 points in scrutiny. Yeah, as, as in they lost 200 points in scrutiny. So what did you say, Jesse? I got sent the, the thing of... There was a 130-point penalty if you broke the wing on the rear wing rule and had no justification for it. Yeah. Um, so if you broke the front and rear wing rules, you'd be out of uh, a lot of points. Uh, it, it was a massive hit in one go, and it, it baffles me considering how many teams actually... Just didn't pay attention to that regulation. I, a, a lot of the case by case things were stated that uh, there was a language barrier, like understanding the rule if you were from a non English speaking country, which is fine and all. Um, but then you've got the actual English speaking countries, which still, you know, decide to break the rule. So I mean, I I don't I don't I think making proportional penalties was. I think before the competition, we were very optimistic about it. Yeah, I remember in the episode we discussed before the World Finals, we were saying it would actually be good and deter teams from trying to squeeze out some advantages. However, I think it's actually gone so far the other way, and it's made the less competent teams just like absolutely fall into the ground, which is not what they need. I mean, surely they're going to have to adjust it for next year. I, I think there is going to be a big rule overhaul I, unless it's just more clarification. I would like to see the car strange more. I'd like to see that rear wing thing removed because that was just the absolute worst. It, it, if I'm being honest, I, I thought it was all right. I thought that the the car, it, it adds another challenge because the rear wing shapes had converged uh, to one. certainly added a challenge, but... It definitely set like a very basic mold across all the cars, and 
there were really only two things you could do with the rear wing. It was either you connect it to your rear pods or you connect it to the canister chamber. And it, it looked very same all across the board. Um, however, the Aero Matrix from Cypress, I believe, if I'm correct, they went with a single side support rear wing, uh, which was quite interesting. Because uh, that, that's something big to talk about in the verbals. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think this is the same thing that happens with every Wolf team, though, is that they immediately look back on what they could have done better. And I think that's my issue because I know where I can do better, but I don't think, given the opportunity, I'd be able to do better because of, you know, being in year 12 now and having other commitments to make. Yeah. You can pass that on to other teams at your school, though, and that's definitely how Brighton worked. Uh, yeah. So mm. the, the success of Horizon came from the success of Aurora, which sparked from the success of Infinitude, which came from the success of um, Precision, which was all the hard work. Uh, oh, really? Wow, okay. Which was all the success... <laughs> Well, mainly uh, it mainly came from came from the failures of precision. Let's be honest. Well, to be honest, can we, I just we... say I learn a lot from you, Michael? So exactly, I learned... and I learned a lot from my failures. I learned a lot from I learned a lot from uh, Peter and Jack. So I would yeah. I would say that your 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 work in the world. For... Long story short, to everyone listening, please pass down your knowledge to the next team so they improve and don't just disconnect from them. No. Yeah. I would really, uh, sorry, this is a bit off the actual topic, but I want to discuss, I think that the Formula 1 in schools challenge powered by canisters is becoming redundant. Oh. Oh, how so? I I think that although the canister cars are great and they've done a very good job, I think that now cars are starting the best cars anyway. So, for say say like the top five cars were not scattered by much and that would be a lot more due to canister variants than anything else uh, absolutely like the uh i think the ionic car was one of the fastest cars at the competition yeah. and the next the next fastest time of it was 0.1 of a second slower so i'm not i'm not saying that their car was bad i'm just saying that there was a lot of variance between a lot of the canisters and a lot of the launching mechanisms and a lot of the various elements of the competition uh, so what I'm maybe saying is that I'm not sure if F1 in schools is ready yet, but I'm thinking within the next few years, I reckon the competition could get a lot more complex because I, from a, I was judging the subs and schools national finals about a week and a half ago. Students have to design and manufacture their own model submarine. Now functioning, functioning, functioning model submarine. So it has to like submerge and be watertight and still maneuver around the course. And some of the engineering in that competition was so mind-boggling, even even for a first-year engineering student who was, like, struggling to understand some of the stuff they did. One of my colleagues who was a 30, time, 30 years in industry was like, this is really impressive. So I, I, I don't think there's as much... Because F1 is the pinnacle of engineering, right? or one of the pinnacles of engineering. It's like space exploration, deep sea exploration, and Formula 1. They're the main driving factors, or some of the main driving factors for uh, a lot of research and development. But Formula 1 in schools is rather held back by the limitations of the challenge. And I would think that there'd be a lot more scope to develop the challenge a lot better if more 
control was given over to the teams. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying necessarily a team has to like go and design a nuclear-powered car that suddenly propels itself down the track. But I think the, ditching the canisters would probably be the first way to start going about the competition in a better way or a bit more an innovative way. So you want to just do a neutered version, like a fast version of 4x4 in schools? Not necessarily. Well, there is a French, there is a French version there is. of F1 in schools called Course en Cours. And it's, I don't know, by the looks the of it, it's cars, like, it? Uh, yeah, electric, uh, yeah, it uses the F1 in schools track. It does. But they've plastered their own logo over it, of course. But yeah, it looks very interesting in how cars are propelled and how it works. Denford, take note. Because yeah. I, I think the canister is like, you could spend a lot of time doing a good wheel system just to have a very, very slippery, frictionless wheel come in and be better than a really intricate wheel system and it's stuff like that where the variance is so like the the variance is so low between the best cars and i just think that we're getting to a point where all the results are converging and there's no more space for proper innovation so i think like providing say maybe a set chassis that you have to build a car around and then designing around the challenges of that would be a good idea I don't think they'd be able to be branded as F1 in school, so surely they'd have to be a whole new competition because it is playing on a whole new idea. Like, yeah. I don't think if we were to ditch the canisters, there is no way that the infantry record will ever be broken. I mean, it, it's already impossible enough, but, like, sub-second cars utilising an electric system of sorts, the, the components would just simply be too heavy to... Uh, create those faster cars. Some sort of magnetic levitation, maybe? Oh, God, don't get... Oh, don't, don't get on the maglev. No. 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 no? Oh, well, hang on, you've got to tell me now. Has someone tried maglev? No, what happens is that everyone comes to the competition and be like, oh, there's this frictionless system that we've thought of called maglev. And then everyone, <laughs> every single person sitting at the judging table just rolls their eyes. <laughs> It's uh, it's hard to get working properly, especially on the scale of a Formula One in schools car. Yeah, yeah. Mm. but yeah, I'm not I'm not saying that because I I think that the Formula One challenge is really good, but it's limited in what engineering is shown, and it's limited in what the capabilities of students can be. Because I I think that there's a lot more scope for high school students to be able to do, and if it's the best in the world. The best in the world don't always have the best access to the um, to the previous knowledge, but there's no real space for innovation in the competition, which means that in the end, the teams that have the best previous knowledge end up doing well. The thing is, if you look at something like the first robotics competition, every year or season, as they call it, they have a new sort of course. So it's every year it's different. Everything's different. And that keeps it exciting for competitors. You may compete season after season. But with F1 in schools, it's always the it's same. It's always the same 20 every, comp- change, every season. Yeah. Or, or I had another idea that I shared this idea, or this, this idea was shared to me by Mr. Reed, uh, the best teacher in the world, by the way, for the people listening on the podcast, if, if this is even going in the podcast. Yeah. Um, I, I think maybe introducing a different kind of track 
So not okay. not a twenty meter track that's just straight, but maybe have a banking in the track that goes around a corner. Oh. Or something like that, where cars are subjected to more than just straight directional drag races. So would you still use tether lines, or how would that work? I think you would have to change some of the aspects of the competition and the design of the tracks. But say, mm. maybe even just a small thing like the car has to just... Uh, I mean, it sounds a bit stupid or trivial, but it's kind of a proof of concept more than anything else. Like, do a loop. Okay. So would it be tethered to the track? Yeah, it'd probably be tethered to the track or something like that. If it, if it was going fast enough, it could rely on centripetal force, couldn't it? Yeah. Centripetal? You mean downforce? No, centripetal. Oh, you mean like in the loop? Yeah. In a yeah. loop, yeah. yeah. Every centripetal. Yeah. Uh, well, what sort of loop are we talking about? Like, a loop. I'm picturing like a O, um, like a circle well, usually where the track... No, I know that. I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, rather than like a roller coaster. Um, oh, where it's got a twist loop. or something in it. No, no, no. Rather no. than a roller coaster loop, where the loop is vertical, where like where the um, loop is actually horizontal. Yeah, oh, no, no, no. Oh, that's what I was kind of thinking. Like, I think that the next yeah. stage would be to add corners to the competition, because Ooh. what are Formula One cars best at? Cornering. Mm. Corners. And then that gets teams to really start thinking. Like, I don't think it would be that complex to in- implement. Like, there were, you'd be able to implement it reasonably easy to the competition. I mean, it would require setting up some uh, alternative tracks, which ends up costing a bit more money. Then how about the wheels? How would that work? The yeah, no, but system? that would give a lot more thought and a lot more... Oh, yeah. yeah. So it, you, might, you might think to yourself, oh, wow. I want, it to, I want the car to be as fast as possible in the drag race, right? So I have the frictionless system, but then I want to go around the corner part and it just slips to the edge of the track and slows down massively. Well, I think that'd be quite interesting because at the moment, F1 schools really only focuses on one aspect of the engineering for a Formula 1 car and that's the error. Like we don't have to worry about, tra- well, we do have to worry about traction, but we want to try and minimize traction so we don't slow ourselves down. But a corner would definitely switch up. And I was talking to uh, Fefe a little while ago, our engineer uh, in Ascension, um, and we were discussing the capabilities of possibly a DRS in F1 schools. Oh, but how would you activate that? It wouldn't probably be effective enough. Like the the slight the scale the scale of a Formula One in schools car is very small. So I don't think that the aerodynamic effects would be very useful. It'd be a very cool marketing strategy, though. Let's make the cars bigger. Oh, I guess that would actually be a good... I think that would be a, a good but bad idea. And that's kind of what I was suggesting with the move away from the canisters. The competition definitely needs a shake-up in some form. I feel like... I don't think they'd be able to shake up this competition, but they'd probably make a new one under like a similar branding or name. Because mm. F1 schools is so established now, and uh, Denford doesn't look like uh, they're slowing down the expansion, especially with the uh, addition of two new nations to this year's World Finals and the supposed 80 that will be reached in, what was it, 2023? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, which, which is just crazy to think about. I think it's shake up 
as big as that would slow down this sort of roller coaster of money that they want to ride. They haven't actually announced any plans for their uh, regional international finals. No, I was surprised there was no mention of that at all at the World Finals. Because you would have thought with their plans to expand, as you just mentioned, by 2023, um, they'd be implementing that pretty soonish. I'd hope so. I mean, I still think the regional finals for... Well, it would only really work in Europe, in my opinion. The Anywhere mm. else just wouldn't work. Why is that? Because... So, all the all the Chinese teams and all the Australian teams and all the Japanese teams and all the teams from Asian countries would have to go to different places. Like, they'd have to fly, effectively. And mm. airfares were like... Airfares and accommodation were a huge part of the budget for an F1 in schools competition. Oh, absolutely. And so, long story short, if you're if you're increasing the cost by thirty percent, and teams are already struggling, especially in Australia with the terrible sponsorship market place at the moment, like the the all because of the economic situation in Australia, there's no sponsors anyway. And considering we've already used a lot of the companies that would have been open to us sponsoring us. Um, it gets the pool of people that are willing to support us year on year. It gets smaller and smaller and smaller every time. Yeah. So making forking out another twenty grand to compete at a regional finals just doesn't make sense, in my opinion. Here's an idea, right? How about if you have like a virtual final? <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't race the car because obviously you can't virtually race them. But if you do like all of the other judging elements virtually. I no. You what about if you send your cars in? You submit your cars by. Oh, maybe. But they send like boxes that are safe, right? Yeah. And then yeah. you submit your cars, and they do all the racing over there. Oh, that could work. That would be quite interesting to see, actually. Yeah. Because then, and so obviously you wouldn't do reaction racing. No, no, the latency would be an issue there. But. Or you could do, um, do the reactions remotely. And then you just add it onto your race time. Uh, it'd be too. It'd be too scope, too much scope for cheating. Yeah. Yeah. True. Well, or you know, you could have you could do it like in person in the country, and you'd have like a adjudicator. You'd still have to. R- you'd have to still sit down, and yeah, it'd be too much. I reckon if you send the cars away, you send your portfolios away. They did the re- they did the regional finals or the the like the. Inter- well, I don't know what, what would you call it the, the regional continental regional continental finals. Um, I reckon that if you send in all the project elements, you don't have to be in there for per- in person. And so you do your portfolio, you do a twelve minute video, and yeah. you do um, your car. That would be six hundred of the eight hundred points or thousand points in the competition. And then you skip out on the trade display, the interview, the, the interviews, and a few other things, like the pressure challenge and stuff like that. Well, or as I said, you could do them like remotely, because everyone would be in roughly you know the same time zone, give or take you know three four hours. Yeah. So I mean, it's not that far fetched. Would be a hassle, but. Anyway, do we want to get back on the topic? <laughs> right. Project management collaboration. Yeah, there was a new, uh, I don't know, just a little bit of news. There was a collaboration announced with the, oh, I forgot what the acronym is. P, oh, here we are. Yeah, P, 
PMIEF, That's right. Project Management Institute's Educational Foundation, yep. which should be interesting. The first sort of like enterprise collaboration globally. Yeah, seen. like the like the Williams. Uh, well, it's like the um the Williams collaboration they had going on at the 2015 Worlds. Not that I know of. I think it's more like a resource. It's like okay. visual library for Australia, or um, yeah. Right. We also have the AIPM, the Australian Institute of Project Management, which yeah. is also another resource available for Australian competitors. So that should be good because there's no sort of resource at the moment that exists for project management. Yeah, have you seen the management text channel in the F1 and Schools Discord? Oh yeah. It's... Well, there's nothing in there, is there? No, not really. Yeah. So, I mean, there's very little resources compared to something like engineering mm. for project management. So that should be good for helping competitors um, with project management. Moving on, uh, Scrutineering Awards. Excellent. I love the Scrutineering Award. Uh, I'd just like to say a big thank you, Crofty, for getting us up on stage for a second time. Um, that was incredible. <laughs> So yeah, why? What? Why did they call up all of the three teams and then that's never happened? Well, before. what happened was, uh, Pinnacle was announced as winning. However, I think Crofty pulled a Steve Harvey um, when he was doing yeah Miss World or Miss, Miss Universe, yeah. whatever it is, yeah. Um, and just announced the wrong person. Uh, so that was excellent. So. He ended up bringing up all three nominees, which was Pinnacle, Ascension, and Evolve Australia. Well, I, I think what happened is he announced, he said, oh, our nominees are, and then he read the first team, and the music went. He didn't say our nom- nominees are. I've been uh, watching it back because it's, it's been quite a oh, highlight really? of my trip to Abu Dhabi. <laughs> it's the amazing... So he, he did say the winners are? Um, hang on, I'll be able to have a look, because I think I timestamped it for myself. But I think the production team jumped the gun and played the music too early. I, I think there were just mixed signals between what Crofty was saying and what the production team thought. Oh, never mind, that's us winning Best Engineered. Hang on. Oh, you yeah. just wanted to throw that in, didn't you? No, I, I have a bookmark. <laughs> no, 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 no. Absolutely, yeah. I'm Don't lie to me. Don't lie yeah, to me. I did, okay? Your point? Scrutineering Award, here we go. So this is, this is what Crofty said. Our scrutineering award, ladies and gentlemen, from the United States of America, it's Pinnacle. Now, they've played the music in there. You're one of three nominees, Pinnacle, so come and stand on the stage. No, 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 come and stand on the stage. We've got two other teams to read out as well. I don't know why we played the music there. Ah, uh, that's rough to watch. So he didn't say our nominees are. He... He just jumped the gun and went straight to... From the United States of America, it's Pinnacle! He does look very casual, though, when he he's does. saying that. He does. It's not like he's announcing a winner. And you can realise what he's done straight away because he's got that little head scratch. Yeah. It's quite unfortunate. To be fair, I think Crofty at the World Finals in general had kind of lost a bit of the plot. I... Crofty would... Yeah, we were talking to a couple of people and we had all taken note that Crofty was especially ecstatic this year. Which, I mean, good for him, keeping up the energy after doing this for so many years. It, it was just quite a very interesting event. 
some of his actions were very inappropriate. So especially a lot of the um, multicultural teams. And although it's probably something that we shouldn't be addressing on a more jokingly podcast, um, some of his comments were severely out of line from a racial standpoint. And I do not think that they were right for the competition. Wait, what did he actually say? I can't remember. He's, I remember he said something about India being overpopulated. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, and saying it's nice to get a break from all the people over in your country. Oh, good, good job, Crofty. So um, th- we're not going to add the parts of what I'm saying. We're just going to say that we do not condone the actions of David Croft. Our podcast taking a stand against racism. We're, we're a positive growth podcast. Crofty, um, Crofty did like comparing that um, Brazilian team, like guy from the Brazilian team, to Charles Leclerc. He did, and the uh, old mate from what's it to Hulkenberg as well. Hmm. Well, what about Fernando Alonso at our World Finals? Really? Do you remember not? Do you not remember Fernando Alonso? I, I wasn't really into F one at that. Pedro, point. The Pedro one. Phone. Pedro. Fernando. Oh, Pedro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Quickly speaking of Charles Leclerc, though, he was actually staying at the team hotel, which was pretty cool. Oh, I got my photo you. with Charles. Um, so that was pretty epic. Anyway, uh, anyway moving on. Yes. <laughs> moving uh, on. Let's talk about. Let's talk about this. Let's talk, <laughs> let's talk about this. Uh, no, we're keeping that in. <laughs> let's talk about this uh, PowerPoint booth now. Not like a PowerPoint presentation. I think like a PowerPoint, yeah. like a plug-in PowerPoint. So at the World Finals, there was a PowerPoint uh, situated behind the display, which a lot of teams weren't happy about because of its awkward placement, which apparently was in the drawings. Uh, oh, but. Uh, I'm I'm not sure if they've sent the right the drawings out because uh I I can't seem to recall this this PowerPoint exclusion zone and a lot of teams found it difficult to actually fit their trade displays in. So whereabout was it? Was it on the floor? Or was it coming in from the top? It was on the backboard, um, hmm. like they're built, uh, sort of. What is it? It's like a fabric sort of thing. The fuzzy black stuff. So yeah, where it was on it was the backboards, like it was in the middle, or? on the back, um, and stuck out about probably fifty mil off the wall. Oh, so, so it was quite painful, and especially on top of that, if teams had a power board that they would lead from there, um, if it wasn't flat, you'd be pretty screwed in that situation if there was a joint. Uh, we were quite lucky because of. Um, us preparing for a different exclusion zone. Um, so our booth display fit pretty fine. However, because of the sides, it did actually have a bit of a bow to it, which is quite unfortunate. However, I do know it was worse for some other teams not being able to actually fit their booth within the uh, restrictions. So that that was a bit of fun. So what's this? What's this after party thing about? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know whether any of the rest of this is going to make it in the episodes. Okay. No, it will. Just... it will. So, at the F1 schools after party, um, there was a fantastic performance uh, by Ellie Sachs, who uh, was there with Affleck Centurion. No, Affleck Hose Cent. Fuck, what was it? Centurion Racing. Centurion Racing. Racing. We'll yeah. stop there. Um, Centurion Racing, and it, it was quite great. 
Um, it was it was an amazing after party. Um, however, we were told initially it would be a pool party. However, the hotel that we were staying at decided to close the pool at this particular time due to the Formula One GP that was coming up and issues of safety concerns for hostel guests and all that. Um, so what occurred was uh, a conga line formed um, led by... Actually, I'm not going to say who was led by it because that may be an issue. Um, but this conga line uh, was then led into the pool. <laughs> and a lot of kids jumped in fully clothed and just swam around in this pool. So there were about 100 like world finalists, ex-competitors, I believe some judges, but that... That's a whole other hot cup of tea. Oh. Um, and essentially after that, the pool was closed and hotel security was increased after that point. And there were about <laughs> 10 or so security guards standing poolside, which about half were police. So it was quite an interesting situation uh, that occurred. Wow. Is that the first time police have been called to uh, World Finals? I'd like to think so. Probably is. <laughs> it was certainly not fun. Uh, I do not so Did they have to drag people out, or did no, everyone just they, they People just left. They just turned off the music. And they actually oh. handled it pretty well. Uh, everyone did get out of the pool, um, and no one was harmed in the process. So That's good. That's the important thing. Uh, I do not condone the actions that were occurring that night. Um, however, Despite it was a pre- it was one hundred percent a good after party. I will give him that. That was um, certainly more active than our after party. Oh yeah, for sure. Peter, you can't even talk about our after party. No, I can't. <laughs> what? <laughs> did you not go, Peter? Oh, I did. Then I left. Oh, classic, Peter. Yeah, classic. See, I uh, I left to uh, change our wet clothes. Oh yeah. Not because I was in the pool. Uh, that would be incredibly irresponsible. You and just got splashed by uh, the conga line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I do not yeah. condone the actions that were occurring that night. Mm-hmm. So, what about crafty whale noises? Um. Well, we're gonna play in what happened. Let's see, hang on. Oh, you feel calm. You are strong and independent. You will react like lightning. This is ambient music. Hang on, let's have a listen. You feel sleepy. It's time for whale noise. What's that flipper? (laughs) 
Honestly, I feel so relaxed now. Sod the racing. Let's all go to the beach. I actually have a photo of Tobias standing with a signed plush whale by Crofty. So it's not going to go through the backstory for me, or...? Ah, right. So what occurred was, uh, during Crofty's uh, erratic performance this year at the World Finals, uh, our reaction racer, Tobias, was listening to his his signature song, which is some relaxing thing, I'm not quite sure. Uh, Something developed by UK University is what I yeah, remember. Um, I'd like to take credit for it. However, I can't actually remember any of it. So during it, Crofty actually listened to it and then decided to make whale noises, thinking it was quite fitting of the uh, interesting music taste, to say the least. There's a, there's a picture of Tobias with his whale. Now that I think about it, what on earth do the whale was do whales have to do with this music? Excellent. I'm not sure. I I guess people just find <laughs> whales relaxing. Okay. I'm I'm not hundred percent sure. Yeah. The more like, I think about it, the weirder it gets. It it was certainly quite the experience, to say the least. Well, that's always the thing with Crofty, isn't it? It's always an experience. Mm. Uh, the, the whole world finals was the experience. That is true. Yes. Whether it was a... We're going to skip over the second to last point. Well, do you <laughs> want to talk about this uh, this speech by a certain organisation? It was so boring. It, it was... So, yeah, that's, yeah skip we're over not, it. We're not um, going to say what speech it was. Yeah, we're going to skip over that point. Um, Peter, how did you get access to the surveillance? I can't say that. Actually, no, this is a genuine good question. Peter, oh, I can't. You, you can't. Peter, no. don't don't make me get the independent journalist onto you. <laughs> the, the who? The independent? Yeah, the, the, the independent journalist you showed me earlier on Instagram. Oh, them. Yeah. I don't even know who they are. Jeez, let me look at them again. Yeah, there's been a team that's repurposed their profile to be now some, like, journalism political profile. Interesting. Very confused when I was scrolling through uh, the Infinity feeds. Yeah. I could only imagine. We don't follow anything except from F1 in schools. Thanks for listening to uh, Track. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, you can rate the show on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us, apparently. That's what Michael says. It does. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Off The Track Podcast and visit us at offthetrack.net. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Look forward to our Christmas uh, special bonus may or may not thing. happen. Just like the... Just like no, the it will happen. From the worlds. <laughs> <laughs> it will happen. And yeah, have a Merry Christmas if you're celebrating Christmas. And we will see you soon.